Folks, let me give you some friendly advice. Do not be the creative who spends thousands and thousands of your hard-earned dollars on equipment each year without spending one penny on your marketing. If there's ever been a time to rise above the noise and do something just a little bit different to impress your leads and wow your clients, I would say now's that time. And my favorite way to do that is by leveraging print promotion using the photography that I am the most proud of. So our amazing friends at Bay Photo Lab have almost every product that you can think of, from magazines to photo books to promo cards that you can leave behind. And listen, if you just want something to dazzle your office or living space at home with, well, they have options for that too. You can get prints and wall displays from basically every style, from canvas to metal to acrylic. And the best part is you can get 25% off your first time order just by going to bayphoto.com, signing up today. They ship everywhere in the world, folks, and all their products look incredible. So do yourself a favor, start leaving an impact, whether it's for your personal memories at home or for your professional marketing at work. Bay Photo Lab, designed by photographers for photographers. You are listening to Entrepreneurs, a podcast that inspires photographers and visual artists who live their best creative lives. My name is Michael Durr. I am your host and a full-time photographer here to give you some tools so you can build your life in creative self-employment. Beyond that, I get to sit down with an amazing community of creative professionals to talk about process, business, and the lessons that have helped them grow. So let's get to it. Entrepreneur Season 2, kicking off next. All right, folks, I am going to start off today's episode by prefacing a very important statement. Okay, I want you to listen here. I am no communication expert. All right, let me get out in front of that before I even come close to coming off as someone trying to claim that title. All right, I am a very flawed communicator. In fact, I understand that. I have poorly communicated with people all throughout my life. You know, my parents, my friends, my teachers, my wife, my clients. Hell, one afternoon with my niece and my nephew made me realize with absolute 100% certainty that I am no communication guru, okay? But sometimes those of us who are so inherently flawed at something will spend a little bit more time reflecting on what we could have done better. And if we're lucky enough, we will have gained some sort of self-awareness to become more in tune, a little bit more aware of when a successful transaction actually does present itself so that we can sort of deconstruct those rare moments in time. You know, what made today's conversation so successful as opposed to all the other ones that have been received so awkwardly. And so that is sort of what I'm here to do today to sort of reverse engineer the memorable points of communication that I've had in my past, both good and bad, by the way, and then package to some of the most important key elements that I really try to uphold today. So with that being said, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. We are on episode 90 of Entrepreneurs. Happy to have you guys tuning in and spending a few minutes with yours truly. Now, wherever you are listening to the show, if you're enjoying the content, if you get anything out of it, please don't forget to either like, subscribe, review, share the show with somebody else, maybe do all of them at the same time. Uh, we're coming up on episode 100 soon enough, which is pretty wild to me. So uh, we'll probably have to do something a little bit special for that episode. But for the uh, the time being, let's get back to the topic of the day. Communication is naturally, at least to me, a very fascinating topic. And understandably, I can't go completely all in on this because one, like I said, I'm not an expert. People have written books on this. Uh, they've studied it for years. And here I am trying to condense it into uh, a tight 15. But I'm going to do my best for now because the cost of poor communication, I think that's the crux of this episode, can range from benign to severe, just depending on the situation. You know, on a low level example, we might be looking at mild irritation to one or both of the parties. On more severe levels of bad communication, we can be looking at 
completely destroyed relationships and tarnished reputations. And to be honest with you, I think I've hit on a lot of them in my day. I would imagine that depending on who you talk to from my past, it's very likely that I have come across as stupid, naive, stubborn, lazy, entitled, greedy, arrogant, elitist. Um, I certainly hope I've never crossed the lines beyond that. Hopefully I never came across as a hateful person, a vindictive person, a manipulative person, none of the really bad things. But um, the point is, whatever negative impression I gave off likely was not because of the intent behind it, but rather a result of poor communication. Now, on the flip side, and conveniently, this is the main reason why I wanted to even broach this topic in the first place, is because a very recent series of jobs that I did for an editorial magazine. Okay, We did a number of shoots in the past couple of weeks, and after the last job wrapped, the editor and the art director came up to me, went out of their way to thank me for being such a joy to work with. Okay, Now, if you, if you don't know me very well, you might interpret that as a very desperate attempt to show off. But if you know me, that's not the case at all. I'm just trying to give you more context because when I thank them for that compliment, I left the door open to kind of continue that conversation, see what it was about me that they liked so much. And without even prompting the question, they let me know that the quality of communication that I provided was highly satisfactory, uh, something that the other photographers they had worked with in the past may not have necessarily exhibited as consistently. So naturally, I took that compliment to heart and I started thinking about how I could do more of that. You know, how could I repeat that in my work and not do as much of what those other photographers might have been doing? So I started to kind of catalog all the things that I've done in the past. I started to reverse engineer the successful work relationships that I've made as well as the less successful relationships that I've made to see what common threads came up. And I found seven key elements that really mean a lot to me. And I was honestly not trying to set it up this way, okay? You won't believe me, but uh, each one starts with the letter C. Totally did not intend for that to be so alliterative, but it conveniently wound up that way. I'm sorry about that. Here they are. Here are my seven Cs of good communication. The first one is comprehension, okay? comprehending what your party wants, okay? Not assuming what they want, but asking what they want. You know, because often enough, we are wired to respond, but we aren't wired to listen. Sure, we have the expertise, and yes, people are going to lean on us for that expertise, but that, in my opinion, should not come first. What should come first is a full understanding, a full comprehensive understanding of what the other party wants and needs. All right, now I'm talking mostly about professional relationships here, but I'm sure a lot of this can be extended to your personal relationships as well. Just note in the time being, I'm just talking about your leads and talking about your clients. Okay, what are they looking for? What is the assignment? And of course, a lot of people will have their own ideas in terms of what the aesthetic should be artistically. But for me, it's more important to find out from the source directly what they actually want. What is the feeling they want to convey? What is the energy? Do they want a warm tone? Do they want it more serious? Is this a journalistic assignment or is this something that we can pose and curate? And sometimes those involved may not actually know down to the T what they're looking for. And in those circumstances, you can certainly provide options to suggest to them. But I'm never coming out of the gate saying, this is what you need. I'm coming out the gate trying to understand what you need. Okay, I'm putting myself in your shoes, trying to gain empathy on your brand or on your story, whatever the assignment is. Right? As Stephen R. Covey states, seek first to understand, then to be understood. So delay your urge to respond, delay your urge to display your expertise and put yourself on that pedestal. Listen to your client, comprehend the assignment. And by the way, this does not just relate to the creative side either. This will help you in things like your negotiations, you know, the ugly side of the business. 
So full comprehension of your client's needs will help you get to your prices more accurately, which will help limit contentious back and forths. The second C that I want to talk about is consideration. Okay, this builds off what I mentioned in the comprehension phase, where we are often wired to respond and give our two cents before ever really considering what our clients actually want. Consideration is active thoughtfulness. Okay, you are digesting the information. You're putting yourself in their shoes. You are thinking of, let's say, win-win scenarios, and you are letting all of this marinate before you even respond so that when you do respond, you are presenting your opinions your counter offers, your proposals, whatever they may be, in a far more respectful and thoughtful manner. All right, so practicing consideration of what others might find appropriate or not appropriate is really a practice in empathy. So you are asking yourself, how would this person like to be addressed? Will this text message or DM come off as rude to the individual or is it okay? Will a phone call or email be better in this situation? Can I push back on this idea the way that I could with maybe my friends or my parents? Or am I jumping the gun on that? You know, has this person been irritated by my shorthand greetings like, yo, or what's up? Or are they relieved that there's less formality here and that they can let their guards down? Okay, ultimately, it is up to you to determine as best you can, you know, what kind of relationship that you have built so far with this person or persons to test those boundaries. But my point is, you can only get there if you've considered these factors in the first place. You know, too often I find many people default to the shorthand communication via text or DM because that is the way they've grown up, but they have not considered the person on the other end and what form and what manner in which they would actually like to be addressed. Okay, if you assume that everything is all good with how you've always done it, then you put yourself at risk of rubbing the people the wrong way. Now, consideration is not 100% accurate, all right? It's not going to get you the entire way there in terms of how you communicate with people, but it does get you a lot closer. And if you don't know, I would just ask, ask people how they like to be addressed. Do you prefer John or Jonathan? Or would you rather have me refer to you as Mr. Smith? You know, would it be preferable to email you or call you with updates or would a text suffice just fine? So be considerate that other people may find it insulting if you only factor in your convenience over their comfort of professionalism. The third C I want to talk about is collaboration. Okay, so once you understand the assignment, once you understand uh, where your client is coming from, my goal is to keep them involved to some degree. I think every good relationship that I've ever had on the professional level has been collaborative to some degree. The ones that have fallen flat have all been very transactional, sort of in the worst sense of that word, right? I give them the images, they give me the money. There's no discussion on strategy or process or asking for feedback. And so I actually love when I get to collaborate with my clients because I get immediate feedback. There's no being in the dark on anything, wondering what they think about this direction. I can gauge, oh, they really like this. They're feeling some sense of ownership on this work too, which I also love. It empowers people. So I was talking to my art director and she said uh, she does not like constantly being asked by photographers on what they should do. But that doesn't mean that she doesn't want to be involved either. So for whatever reason, maybe I hit a sweet spot. She really enjoyed that I explained to her my vision before the shoot. I showed her samples of what it would look like. I let her know that I was going to give her several options of verticals, horizontals, outfit changes, lighting setups, all that. And I asked her for any requests before the shoot started so that she would not be burdened with that pressure, that decision making on set while everybody was watching. I wanted her feedback, but I also wanted to take the pressure off her as well because that's my job creatively. So all in all, 
I really value collaboration and I want them to value that collaboration as well because I think it it helps us get forward and it goes beyond this one job. This is how I prefer all my jobs and they don't always come that way. But like I said, the ones that really stand out, the relationships that have lasted the longest have all respected that sense of collaboration, that environment of respecting each other's opinions. The fourth C is clarity. Okay, be specific with your intentions, your directions, and your responses. Okay, if people are asking questions of someone, I have found that vague responses are typically met with a lot of frustration. It creates a lack of confidence in that person for not thinking ahead of time and how things should proceed. And understandably, there are circumstances where you won't know the answer, particularly if it's a phone call or an in-person meeting and someone asks you, hey, what do you uh, charge for this? What are your plans? Um, I'd rather be very clear that I don't have the answer just yet than give them an answer that is vague and seemingly pulled out of thin air. I would prefer to say, no problem. Let me get back to you. I want to give you an accurate quote as best as I can that reflects all the discussed requests. So something like that, right? And if I had to narrow it down even further with another C, it would be concision. Okay, it's one thing to provide information. It's another thing to provide concise information. You know, giving your client, giving your leads, all the information that they need in as few words as possible, okay? Giving them a short and sweet email response versus a long novel, but still getting them everything that they need to know. So to me, sometimes it's not that I need the time to get to the price. Maybe I know the price. Maybe I just need time to break it down so that it's very simple for them to digest and I don't want to confuse them at the time, okay? So same thing on the creative end. If you have a person in front of your camera, do you want to tell them, what position every body part and appendage needs to be in and how their face should look in this, you know, or do you shorten it up? Do you make it a more concise direction for them to understand? So I focus a lot on concise clarity with people that I collaborate with. Be detailed, but be brief, okay? I think that gives other people the sense of creative freedom as well, not to feel like really micromanaged, but still understanding of the direction in its fullest manner. The fifth C is consistency, okay? Your actions should be congruent with your words. So consistency to me builds trust. If you say you're going to deliver A, B, and C, then you better not surprise me by delivering X, Y, and Z, okay? If you quote this price for this client and then you completely change the quote to another client for the exact same job and the exact same usage, then you become very untrustworthy. And beyond that, not only do you want consistency between what you say and what you do, you also want consistency in your communication from, let's say, project to project. So think about this for a sec. Have you ever been to a restaurant where maybe the first time that you ate there, you were blown away by the food and the service. So you tell everyone you know, you write a great Yelp review, and then you come back later. And the next time the service is a tad slower, the attention may be diminished, the attitude is on full attack mode. So you're caught off guard. You basically take a 180 degree turn on overall customer experience. And you tell yourself, well, damn, that really sucked. Maybe it was just a bad night. So you come back again, And the next time, the service isn't necessarily horrible, but it's not great either. It's not like that first time, somewhere in between. It's just sort of run of the mill. Now you don't know what to expect that fourth time. But I can tell you this, you're probably not going to give that restaurant many more chances. The consistency is all over the map. Who enjoys that type of experience? So don't be like that restaurant. You set the tone from your first points of communication. So obviously, try to make that a good experience and then maintain it all the way through. Okay, I always want my clients to feel like they know what to expect from me, not just on the job, but in the communication leading up to the job and after the job. And it was gratifying to know that this particular recent client, both from an editor's perspective and the art director's perspective, because both made a point to tell me 
that I have always been a pleasure to work with because this has been a client that I've nurtured over several years now. So whatever I have been doing, I have been doing it consistently. The sixth C that I want to talk about is confidence. Okay, Now, a lot of the things that I've mentioned today tend to build a natural humility and modesty in character. I'm talking about the comprehension aspect, right? When you devote yourself to listening to someone actively and intently, you build a humility in your personality. When you consider how someone might react to the way you approach them, you are projecting how it might make them feel. You are putting their needs ahead of your wants for convenience, right? And when you collaborate with someone fully, you do set aside ego to a degree, don't you? You're saying this person's idea might be as valuable as mine, maybe even greater. And when you focus on being clear and concise with somebody, you are by default doing so to alleviate their pain points. You are empathetically putting yourself in their position and asking yourself, how can I make this easier on them? So these are all practices in humility. But I don't believe that it should come at the cost of your confidence either, okay? You are still an expert in this field. Otherwise, they would just do the job themselves, right? You are still leading a creative charge when you are on assignment. It's your eye that people will rely on. So you must have confidence in conjunction with that humility across all spectrums of communication, in planning, in negotiations, in logistics, in creative, in deliverables even. Now, I'm going to read a testimonial to you that one of my clients wrote about me. And again, I do promise I am not trying to highlight my achievements here for some ego boost, okay? It simply packages what a lot of my clients have echoed to me in what they look for in photographers. And I think this could really help you understand that side of the industry. So here it goes. This is what the person wrote about me. Our industry is not without unforeseen problems. But from the first day I met Mike, I've always been impressed with his ability to handle situations that come up in a cool and professional manner, only involving me when it becomes clear that he can't solve the problem on his own. That quality is so invaluable in fast-paced industries and is extremely hard to teach new contractors. His ability to think and work his way through very difficult situations is what I think truly sets him apart from many of his peers in this industry. This is the reason I have sent him all over the country and sometimes even to other countries to manage other teams. All right, so that is coming firsthand from a longtime director of photography talking about what he values in photographers with whom he deals with a lot of on the regular. And it's not really unique to just him. Okay, as I've said, many of my other clients have echoed that same exact sentiment, just not worded as eloquently because this was a lot of recommendation. But enough times I've been sort of that friendly shoulder to cry on for directors of photography, for editors, where they say that a lot of creatives tend to be very needy. You know, they need to have their hands held on every assignment. They've also told me that they over communicate. They ask a lot more questions than is really necessary. They also fail to stick to their creative guns. They constantly seek approval instead of having confidence in their own vision. So those tend to be common attributes that you will find in creatives that don't have a whole lot of confidence in what they're really doing. And it's not me telling you to approach your clients and your jobs with more confidence. I'm just relaying that information that has been passed down to me. So the more confidence that you have in yourself, the more your clients will ultimately mirror that confidence in you as well. And beyond that, you're just going to alleviate all their pain points. The seventh C is commitment. Okay, so this is the last one I'm going to leave you on is being committed to the vision of your client beyond just one project. You might call this taking your work home with you to a degree, right? But instead of finishing a job and wiping your hands clean of it, you know, just let it linger for a second. Consistently reflect how you could have done that job just a little bit better, how you could have maximized your vision, how you could have explored your creativity a little bit more, how you could have engaged with people in a more meaningful way. You know, stay committed to that client. And I've done this on a recent editorial shoot where I told that art director, I said, I remember the shoot that we did last year that was very similar to this, very similar location, very similar assignment. 
And that stuck with me for a while because I'd really like to try a different shot in addition to what I know we can achieve already. I think this will give you another look just as a second option. And I think words like that give your client a warm feeling on the day of, knowing that you've listened to their needs because you're going to get them what they asked for, but you're still pushing. You've labored on this idea to try a different lighting setup or a different pose or a different location, whatever it might be. And if I had to guess, I don't believe clients like feeling that the relationship is purely transactional, that they are just the paycheck. They like committed people. The job is hard enough. Giving them the feeling that you're always a resource in their corner, working on things for them is a genuinely impactful strategy. So within reason, because editors and DPs have a lot of work to do, I think creatives should be sending in ideas for new content occasionally, you know, coming up with pitches. And beyond that, potentially even sending them a fully formed deliverable before it ever was pitched, before it was ever greenlit. So the old adage of show, don't tell applies here. If you can present a piece of content to a client and say, hey, here's something that I was working on. Is there any need on your end for this or something like this? I'd love to hear your thoughts. There's always going to be a possibility for that to be rejected. So don't take it personally if that happens. But I do think the effort in itself will almost always be met with enthusiasm over resistance. Stay committed to your client. Now, I am not going to go out on a limb and say that good communication is the most important factor in your entire career, that your life hangs on this balance, okay? There may very well be enough clients out there that simply care just about the tangible assets and not give two shits about your shortcomings on email and phone etiquette. But I will say it is such a bonus to your career. It has the ability to enrich your relationships. It has the ability to drive word of mouth testimonials and maintain consistency in your business. And the cost of really bad communication, well, that does have the power to completely negate all the hard work you've done as a student of your craft. So just be mindful of how you communicate. There will always be more talented creatives than you. There will always be more experienced creatives than you. There will always be more connected creatives out there than you. But good communication can help you stand out in a very competitive industry. Sometimes the way you work is just as important as the quality of your work. All right, so that's going to do it for me today, folks. Thank you for tuning into the show. Please like, subscribe, review the show on your favorite platform. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you all next week. What's up, entrepreneurs? Thank you for tuning in and making it all the way to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed the content you just listened to, hit subscribe and tune in again next week. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Entrepreneurs Pod for updates, promos, and giveaway contests that we run throughout the year. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out our really cool website, EntrepreneursPod.com. It's a great resource for you to download informational PDFs and booklets, access discount codes from our amazing affiliates, and read what our audience is up to on our community blog. For now, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, supporting the show, and being a part of this journey. This is Michael Durr signing off for now, Entrepreneurs Season 2. Let's go. This episode of Entrepreneurs was brought to you by Bay Photo Lab. First-time orders receive 25% off on any professional photo printing product or service. Yes, I said 25%. Just go to bayphoto.com to browse the amazing selection of gifts, prints, and displays. That's bayphoto.com once again. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.